Today is Thursday, September 14th, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Woo! Today we have a lesson in Christ-likeness. Uh, we, we, talked to, uh, we talked to Chris a little bit about his rambunctious behavior and what would be maybe maybe a little more suited for Christ-like behavior. I don't know. What will come to Jesus meeting. Then we talk about the new legislation that apparently passed um, in California um, requiring parents to affirm the gender of whatever the gender of their kid is or risk losing parental rights in visitations where the couple split up or whatever. If, um, you know, the, the for example, the mother says, no, uh, little Johnny is now little Joanna, and uh, that's, little Johnny's a girl now. Um, and the dad says, no, Johnny is Johnny. Johnny is not Joanna. Johnny's a boy. Um, then California can say he's not affirming the gender of his child. Therefore, uh, they can withhold parental rights and just perhaps award sole total custody to the mother. So that's California for you. And we just had a conversation like two weeks ago where someone's like, no, you're lying. That would never happen. And we showed them other bills that were trying to be passed and how that was the direction it was going. They're like, no, that'll never happen. Well, <laughs> it happened. Happened. Um, then we talk about Dr. Money, John Money or whatever, and his like trans... Uh, sexual, psychopathic uh, Frankenstein experiments and, and messed up stuff uh, that he did uh, to get us where we are with the trans world today, in large part. Uh, then uh, what do we do about, like, you know, the LGBTPS uh, agenda, like, in our culture and our kids, indoctrinating them, not just letting people be tabula rasa until they figure out their own way, but trying to weight the deck, trying to stack the deck. Um, how, do, how do people who don't agree with stacking the deck and indoctrinating children um, funny from coming from a Christian, right? <laughs> Anyways, um, believe it or not, we don't think indoctrination is good. We think telling people what they believe and letting them make up their own decisions is the way to go. Uh, so I believe this stuff uh, doesn't mean I'm going to try to force you to believe it. And it also doesn't mean every Christian or non-Christian thinks just like me um, about those philosophical views. There are plenty that will try to force it on people. Anyway, that should not be. Uh, human chimeras. Get your tinfoil hat, which, I, I mean, I guess take your tinfoil hat off. It's done. Like, it's proven. Like, like China said that it's like, I, I, I should have looked it up before I did this. It was like a goat or a cow or some something that they merged with a human and kept this thing alive for like eight minutes. So, chimeras are real, people. Um, look out your window. Maybe you'll see something flying by, like a human with bat wings. Then we talk about John 9, the blind man. Uh, did he sin or did his parents? And what was his response? Someone said they can't uh, get behind a God that would um, that would make someone be blind their whole life just so he could get some props when he was healed. And we thought, well, you know, let's go to, to the would-be victim. Let's go to the man in question, the blind man. What was his response? It wasn't to cry. It wasn't to be like, hey, why did you leave me like this? You could have healed me 30 years ago. Like, why, am I why do I get to be blind this whole time? Um, that's not fair. You're a mean God. That wasn't his response. His response is thanks and gratitude, and he worshipped Jesus. He said, I believe believe you are he, God, and the one God sent, um, and he worshipped him. That was his response, was worship, not disdain, not crying, not complaining. Anyway, so check out the Ask a Christian book on Amazon. Check out the Ask a Christian store. The links are in the podcast description. Help some Christians out to share the gospel and have civil discussions on the internet with people about Jesus. Take care, everyone. Of Satan, so I I don't know, man. I didn't read any of the I, I didn't read I didn't read any of your Catholic 
fighting stuff like because you know you each like the catholic people posted like a thousand word articles and you pass posted like a huge follow-up and you know no one has time for that so i just kind of scan skimmed around and I, I guess didn't see the juicy stuff but when you're like i was just arguing against them we're all friends i was making good points did it go something like um i disagree with your point because here nice respectable reputation and i disagree with this point and think you should see the light of the day because of this respectable gentle refutation or was it like you're an idiot you're unrepentant you're gonna burn in hell and you suck like which one of those would you say you most closely address so, them as so you know how i am that i that i match energy for energy pretty much on the regular right okay so the opposite from the cheek all right go on so, so basically, yes. So, like, the personal attacks began with Victoria once again. Um, and then I responded in kind and said, look, you know, it, it's embarrassing how much you hate Christ. And you need to <laughs> Do you think, I mean, I guess it doesn't matter now because you took your toys and went home. Um, <laughs> but do you think, like, uh, you know, Malk, uh, for example, is not my favorite person in the world. Um, and I, I, one of the servers, someone shared, uh, there was this room and he was in there and, uh, you know, all he does is ever run his mouth and I just ignore him. Um, and I was in there and I was like having a conversation in the side chat with someone else. And he started running his mouth, um, you know, asking me to perform all kinds of sexual favors on him and all this other nonsense. And I thought, you know, I could get in the gutter and I could say some stuff back, but what's the point? Like, I guarantee this person, this little 18 year old person probably living with his mommy and daddy see now i'm starting to do it um <laughs> would never say this would never say this face to face he would never i guarantee it and if it's not like an 18 year old kid and he's an actual adult with his own place in life that's even more embarrassing so this guy has got the world against him already and he has problems with himself and with the idea of people believing in a god and you know the way he expresses that instead of I'm a good moral atheist without the belief in a god or gods, and I respect your right to believe things that I think are not true. Have a good day. We disagree. He's like, hey, suck my blah, blah, blah. I'm going to bend you over and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, well, there's your good moral atheism on display. Um, anyway, so I choose to just leave. I'm like, I don't need this. I'm like, I know you'd never say this to my face. So, you know, you have your little echo chamber. Have fun with that. Anyways, to a much less degree, is it just not possible um, for, for someone to be like, um, Protestants are bad, and I hate Calvin, eh. um, and you just to think, I don't need this. You probably wouldn't say that to my face, at least not that way. Um, so, you know, have a nice life. Yeah, I mean, I could block Victoria. I mean. <laughs> Without blocking him? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, unless I mean, she, like, chases you around. I, I mean, unless they go chasing you around. Right, she's a known troll. She does it on purpose. Like that's a known troll. Deal. Yes, that's her deal. Like she admits that she knows that she trolls people. It reminds me of this like, guy I mean, named Brenda. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, look, dude. Like, here's the thing: is like, yes, could I, could I be a bit more, more Christ-like, ciliatory? <laughs> but like, I'm just like th this idea that that these pagan idolaters that are running around worshiping statues. Um, have anything to do with Christianity, and then I'm supposed to be like, yes, they're sweet and nice, and they're totally Christians. Like, no. Like, 
I'm sorry. You know, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not down with that. And, you know, uh, yeah. So, no, Nate, no. so Nate, you no, no. Have, wait, 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 no, 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 no. Be, be how you want to be, but uh, I mean, but don't, <laughs> you know, it, it's not what you say. It's just in the way. Like how many times, you know, I don't yell and scream at Muslims like, you're going to hell, you're demon possessed. Ah! But sometimes you've heard me and be like, look, man, yeah. we disagree. I just got you to think the I'm end wrong. of my rope today like, with her. I think you're wrong. And I think unless you repent and, you know, you will burn in hell for eternity. And I don't want to see that. So we disagree. Uh, anyways, anyway, the the whole, Cons- the whole other consider thing that your good. brother in Christ talk. All right. Yeah. Say okay. something else. And then I've got an article to talk about. Uh, well, anyway, yeah, so, so, so my my problem is not with the discussions because I have like immediately all of the apostolics when I got banned from speaking were messaging me wanting to talk more because that's what that's what we do. We can have a respectful conversation and and troll each other at the same time. And so I literally got messages from everybody I was interacting with in other channels. Like, what happened? Why can't you, why can't I talk to you? And, you know, the mod, the mod abuse, the mod abuse got ridiculous. And then I pushed it until she banned me for 24 hours. And then I just left the (laughs) server. So if Steph is going to continue to be a mod on the discord, I just want, don't want any part of it. Okay. She, She can't control herself. She just can't control herself. Okay, well, I mean, you know, takes two to tango, right? You can, can clearly not control yourself. <laughs> so, I don't right, know. Right, but I don't I have mod mean, powers so. that are abusing her. Like, if I was a mod and I was abusing her and silencing her and all that stuff, then I would, then, then you would have a point. But the well, point you get is, to the core is that of it, your Discord general... server has somebody who cannot control themselves as a moderator. And then even was like, oh, and by the way, when we have them to the audience you know like you know she she assumes that she is in charge and that's fine i mean if that's the case if steph is the person who is in charge of your discord cool that's your discord you can do whatever you like don't care i can let, let me give you some practical application i could get mad that you're saying you know i'm allowing women to usurp whatever perceived authority i have as the as the owner of the discord server i i could i could respond in kind I'll take that on the chin. I get it. Um, but I mean, if we, if we go all the way back to the beginning of it, it's sort of a general disrespect for me. Like, if you look at the rules, be respectful. Don't violate Discord guidelines. If you would get in trouble for saying or doing something at work, please don't say or do it here. If you have a job with no rules or regulations, you know what we mean. Say pretty much whatever you want, but say it nicely. Those are pretty easygoing things. So it's like, well, if someone knows me, knows my temperament, knows the kind of structure I'm, tr- I'm trying to promote here which is talk about very sensitive hot button passionate type uh, inducing arguments and topics but do it civilly like that's the whole goal so then if someone's like well you know i just gave a dose of their own medicine two wrongs don't make a right so i mean you know staff whatever i haven't even looked into what she's done because i said i'd look into it and then you're left your server before then but i mean i think it goes back to a general disrespect of me because if people had more of respect, they'd be like, okay, it's getting out of hand. You know, I don't care about this troll or this mean person, but, you know, I like Nate. He's a decent guy. He only has a couple rules. Okay, either I'll be civil and just kill them with kindness, or I just won't address them. But anyways, I'm not getting all hurt and bothered over that. Do what you want. Anyway, just saying. Uh, CEO, what were you saying? I was just going to say, Nate, you have turned me over cheek. Chris has swing the upper fist. Um, let's see. The article 
I was shared. I actually can't see. Let's see if I can see it now. Um, because it was temporarily blocked. Oh, there it is now. Oh, I guess there's too much traffic. It says. Apparently this passed. California courts may weigh affirmation of child's gender identity in custody cases. Let me, uh, anyone want me to, let me share this link real quick in the chat. But basically, this is what we talked about, right? Where they're saying, no, no one's doing that. No one wants to do that to your kids. No one's, no one's talking about that. You're your parent. The state's not in charge. Well, turns out the state is in charge. I haven't read the whole article, so we can all read it together. But just to bring you up to speed, this is basically, in disputed child custody cases, a large factor in determining who and how much uh, of the child the parent gets to see or whose custody, custody they end up in, the courts will look at whether or not the parent affirms whatever the child's, quote, gender is. So if mommy tells, you know, her little son, Johnny, that now her little son is little daughter, Joanna, and, you know, dad does not agree and they're separated. If dad's like, no, I have a son. His name is Johnny. He's seven. The court could be like, well, we award full custody to the mother because uh, little little Joanna's dad doesn't affirm little Joanna's gender. Um, and he's like, anyway, so what do you think about that? So check that out. The article's in the chat. Anyone have a thought about that? Yeah, I was trying to get to my um, to my uh, body. How's it going? It's been a little spicy in here this morning already. Um, oh, you should see Discord. <laughs> yeah, and I've, I'm I'm on there. I just haven't had a chance to like pop over for real, for real, and get it's into. Probably it. <laughs> it's probably more chill now. It's probably a little more chill now. Okay. Um. But I'd say that doesn't surprise me about California. Um, I'd say they've probably been working up to that. And generally speaking, media has been sort of desensitizing those kinds of ideas in terms of political input um, or governmental input and decision making for that, using that um, in TV shows. I don't know how, how much you guys um, or what TV shows you guys are into, but there's one called Station 19. It's about like a fire fighting uh, station from like uh, Seattle or something like that. One of their episodes uh, from, I think, last year basically has the exact same thing, right? So they have a mom and they have a dad and the person calls 911. I'm pretty sure it's the, um, the father calls 911 because his um, child has been kidnapped, right? Now, mind you, parents have joint custody. The father is, um, you know, pushing for, I guess, gender affirming care. The mother is not. Um, and so the, it was, it was opposite, which is, I think funny because usually I feel like it's been the other way around. You have fathers. No. And you have mothers that are going forward with it, but honestly, it's probably like a flip intentionally. Let me show the opposite of what's, you know, common in society so that, people can you know be taken off guard and maybe listen a little bit better but the idea i thought it was hilarious because the mother was portrayed as at first she was like super rational human being but the more the show goes on they try to portray her and this is also a common trope in in tv though whoever's the christian is either hyper judgmental uh, quote unquote, according to their definition of judgmental, hyper hyper condemning, I should say, or critical, um, 
And either that or they're like weird, creepy. They believe some some weird stuff. They're like baptizing people with the blood of pigs in their basement, but calling themselves Christians. Like <laughs> Carrie's mom, right? From the Carrie movie from way back. So it's like that's the trope that that they were starting to portray. She became the Christian woman with crazy beliefs who just doesn't understand and and believes all manner of weird things and, and doesn't let her child get on social media and doesn't let her child have all of this access that other kids have. And so she's like demonized over the course of the show and saying like, oh no, I have a son and this is the birth certificate. I carried you for nine months. I was, I remember when the doctor told me that you had, you know, the equipment necessary for being a male child. And there it is on the ultrasound. And hey, you're going to have a baby boy. You're not now going to rob and kill my baby boy. This is what the mother says on the show. You're not going to kill my baby boy and replace my baby boy with a baby girl. You know, that's no, we're not doing that. And the father's like, you're, you're this or whatever. And you see like the, the station 19, the firefighters, they're split. On the one hand, some people agree. On the other hand, people are like, ooh, I don't want to like, get in the middle of this, but I disagree. And it, it, it was like that whole thing of, well, this mother's not fit because she's not emotionally affirming her now daughter in this transition. And the father is a better choice emotionally because, you know, the this this child is going through whatever metamorphosis and and there's going to be all manner of emotional damage if this child can't live in their truth type crap and so i'm like when i saw it there i'm like you know i feel like they're pushing this and then at, around the same time they did the same thing in the good doctor right it was a a boy identifying as a girl uh and you know the 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 guy that's that's treating it i forget his name but the doctor is autistic so he's thinking about things rationally like no you're a biological male you have testicular cancer that's not something a biological <laughs> female could have it's literally the memes that you're seeing it was literally in the show and then they have sort of the doctor who's autistic having this learning epiphany moment where he comes to realize this new social expectation but it's always people starting off legit and then they have to quote unquote go through through some growth as the government or medical professionals get involved and teach you how to think better right so it doesn't surprise me at all that now we're seeing it in real life i just want to throw that out there you know media is going to desensitize it and then you're going to see it in real life well there was a, malik uh, coming to us from gomorrah california what do you, yeah what do you think malik well in gomorrah california we had a situation where um the school was basically behind the parents' back, were giving puberty blockers uh, to their, I think it was a fifth fifth grader, uh, a girl trying to, uh, a boy trying to be a girl, puberty blockers. When the mom found out, it was already like six six months in, like the school year, the full school year had already gone been, gone through, uh, and so she pulled her son out of her, out of the school. The school district filed for child abuse. And they removed they removed the son from her you know from the mother's home, the parents' home, and they put this child into uh, foster care. Four months later, this fifty this five year old took uh, this five year old um, deleted his life because I don't know what the rules are in clubhouse now. And she's suing the state and she's suing the school district because this fifty this five year old this fifth grader deleted himself. 
Wow. And truthfully, Nate, um, so so what Malik says is not just there, which is crazy that it's called Gamora. Um, but um, oh, there's 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 been reports of other places of schools secretly transitioning. I don't know that they went as far as puberty blockers, but they were allowing this child, uh, even encouraging the counselor, student counselor, um, was encouraging this child. The counselor wasn't a student, but it was a counselor for students. Um was encouraging this child to begin to socially transition by dressing a different way, going by a different name in a class and all of those different things, all without the parental consent. There was a point where the child brought up in the sessions with the counselor. I do, uh, you know, uh, should I tell my parent? And they were encouraged not to tell their parent until they were quote unquote ready and that they would suggest waiting a little bit longer until they're more comfortable in their new identity before bringing it up to their parent. So literally you have the school counselor telling the student not to tell the parent and also not informing the parent as the school is facilitating the secret transition of this child. And so that, that, that type of stuff is, is, is freaking, is freaking wild, but it's becoming more and more common. And what's not discussed is the, how Malik put it out, I'll, I'll use his terminology to remain consistent. The self-deletion rates of children <laughs> post metamorphosis. I'm going to say metamorphosis and not the other word, the T word, the trigger word, right? Uh, the self-deletion rates of children and adolescents post metamorphosis, the regret, the continued and increased issues of mental illness or mental distress or depression after the physical and social and chemical metamorphosis that happens while they're teens. That's not something that's being addressed. What is being addressed is that there's higher percentages of self-deletion rates in the metamorphosis uh, teenage demographic generally. But they never say that there is an actual increase post metamorphosis, not pre-metamorphosis, post-metamorphosis, after the changes, after the hormones, after the surgery, after society celebrates and cooperates and affirms all of these different things within the next five to seven years after. So for people doing it at 15, you're talking about, but by 20 to 22, they have already attempted self-deletion. And that's what statistics have shown in the last five, uh, the data that's available for the last about decade or so, and, and people haven't been trying to do it on kids for the last decade or so, but about 17, 18, you know, is when people have, uh, so maybe before the last five years, 17 to 18 is about the youngest people were doing it. Whereas, you know, now you got people doing it at 13 and 14, which is why they're calling it child mutilation. Uh, but 17, 18, 19 was the youngest, you know, pre five years ago, 17, 18, 19 is about the youngest people were doing it. And five to seven years after that, they're already attempting. Um, and, and there are statistics and data that show that concretely in black and white peer reviewed, all of that stuff. It's being ignored, swept under the rug, along with the self deletion rates of um, blue collar Caucasian males being astronomically higher than any other demographic in this country, 
you know, and that's being swept under the rugs, even when they're talking about the latest um, data and the latest studies that have come out about self-deletion generally, right? They say, oh, you know, black males have gone up a little bit and uh, metamorphosis, the, the metamorphosis community has gone up, you know, this much. Let's focus on that. Blue collar white males, totally negligible, even though they're somewhere at like 70 or 80 percent of all self-deletion in the country. Middle-aged, blue-collar white males. Hey, just, just, to add, just to add to that, if, if, um, if, if disparity and, you know, abuse and, and uh, all that stuff, you know, all, you know, because they're suffering, you know, bullying was, oh, they're just, they're just deleting themselves because, you know, they're, they're just victims. If, if that was, if that was the case, when we go to other countries where people are in greater disparity, uh, self-deletion rates on are not are, are very like almost non-existent to very little. It, it seems that self-deletion is a is a is a privilege uh, of a specific a specific group. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, if we're talking about that, like, wow, all these new terms like self-deletion and metaphor, metaphor metamorphosis. If it's the metamorphosis group, yeah, their suicide rates are off the charts, and and then people want to say. Oh, it's because the Christian right is because they're persecuting them. Or is it because you're doing like medical, like Frankenstein experiments on their bodies, leaving them with constant pain and gaping un unhealable wounds and saying this is normal? Um, that's why um, it's not because Christians are being mean to them. What's up, Toast? You guys ever heard of the guy who uh, created the term gender? Yes, I have. Dude is wild. I mean, wild, wild, but I'll let you talk about it. Yes, I have, though. Dude is freaking. Well, here, we, we can do this at the same time, but how much do you remember the story of the guy who literally created the term gender? Recap so, it for everyone else. Yeah, 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 for sure. Go ahead. Go ahead, Toast. I'm walking into work, so go ahead, boss. Oh, all right. Okay, all right, all right. Um, yeah, doc, quote unquote, doctor, his last name was Money, I believe, which is kind of funny. Um, I forget his first name. It escapes me at the moment. But the point is, is that he did a um, uh, a child uh, <clears throat> trans or metamorphosis study back some years ago. I think like 30, 40 years. I think it was like the 60s or 70s where he did the initial study. Um, anyways, one one so two twin boys were born, and one had like a botched circumcision. So they raised that that one male boy as a, as a girl, as a girl, basically, which was, this is like one of the very first, you know, forays medically uh, speaking in, in, in America where they did like this sort of cross study. So yeah, the one, one child was, was raised as a, as a girl. One, one boy was raised as a girl. The other was raised as a male. Um, anyways, this sick twisted, uh, doctor, um, he basically had them kind of like sort of do experiments, sort of explore their, their sexuality as, as children. And it, it got really bad. Like, so he took tapes of them, took videos, had like a lot of notes about it. Um, but essentially the, uh, <laughs> what's, what's the, the terms you guys are using? Um, metamorphosis, the little, the process <laughs> of, of transitioning the, the one male child. Um, one, one of the children actually ended up committing, um, self-deletion um pretty like later on in the end of the life the the boy who was raised as a, as a female 
after the unfortunate circumcision accident had occurred. And then the other um, boy, the other twin who was raised up in the study, um, had like, you know, lifelong problems, was was like psychiatrically admitted, had a lot of uh, issues um, growing up. I don't think he ever really recovered. But this is a guy, and th- this is the guy who literally uh, created the term uh, gender today as we now know it and had one of these first studies uh, in the West for, uh, you know, doing this whole metamorphosis of children. So it was pretty, pretty sick and twisted. Um, I think I, I don't know if you guys remember the story at all or, or the study, but uh, I think they did a Law and Order episode on that, didn't they? There's a um, I just put a link in the um, in the chat. Uh, with it, his name is John. First name is John. <clears throat> um, and they also did a documentary. I believe it was on Netflix. They did a documentary about it, um, where when the kids found out, number one, they just thought it was like the normal thing. That you know, they didn't realize. You know, they they were told to trust this doctor um, who was monitoring them. So it, he ended up performing what amounts to a long case study, following their lives over the span of excuse me, thank you, uh, maybe a decade and a half. Um, so he starts when they're super small children. And one of the things to note about it is that throughout this time, the one that they had transitioned um, or metamorphosized um, had been having these ideas like, I don't really feel like this is who I am. They were actually, uh, you know, more connected with, you know, their genetic originality. I'll say it like that, uh, genetic originality. Um, and so it was like a true case of, I don't feel comfortable, you know, in my own skin, in my own body, that kind of thing. Except he was more closely. Okay, hold up. I didn't connect to the right. internet. Hold uh, <clears throat> well, dear, what's up? Do you have anything to say about this? Or are you nibbling grass in your field? <laughs> Sorry, I was just drinking a cup of coffee. Um, yeah, so Dr. Money, there was a lot more sinister things that were going on uh, with with his uh, quote-unquote research. Uh, there's a lot of information out there. There was a lot of um, uh, abuse mentally and physically from what I've read and understood. It's just... Um, but how we can take one man's study that was done under um, a guise of how I think he <clears throat> guided it is kind of sad, you know. And and Doctor Money. How do you spell John it? Money? M O N E Y. I was going to say yeah. Yep, it's, spelled, it's spelled like money. It's it's um. I'm oh, that's funny. It's a I'm putting a link cow. here, right? I'm putting a link up here, which has that. It has the information, and then it has the study that we're talking about, the Reimer, uh, Reimer twins. Um, yep. I just put the link in the in the in the chat. So, I I remember reading about this, and um, one of the things that he did when they were almost hitting puberty, he would he would have the, the twins lying on top of each other and ask yep. if they're being aroused. Yeah. Okay. Yes. That's that's the one I'm referring to. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if it was coming through before, but one of the things I was trying to say was as far as the um, sort of the trope that's being used, like, oh, I don't feel at home in my own body, that kind of thing. The 
one that they metamorphosized um, had was having those feelings. Like, I don't really feel like, you know, what you're saying I am. He was actually, you know, his, his psychology and early development, they just sort of tried to like let him be whatever, even though they dressed him a certain way or whatever. But he gravitated towards the things that you'd expect psychologically a uh, male being raised as a male to, to gravitate towards. And so he was having this sort of dysphoria that was happening internally because he was more closely, you know, inclining towards his genetic makeup, which I thought was insane. Um, you know, because for all the, the, the times people are talking about it, this is a case where it's working oppositely and towards the truth of what things are as opposed to how things were being presented. So I thought that was insane. Hey, hey Apostle, I just, I just want to make the case real quick that I, I believe that all you know, children or anybody who goes through that sort of quote unquote transitioning or metamorphosis <clears throat> mumbo jumbo, they all have those feelings at some point to some level, to some degree, they all have that sort of intuition that this is wrong. You know, I'm going against nature itself. I, it's not just like, it, it, you know, specific to this case study. I think all, all children or who, who's, or anybody who transitions, you know, will have those, those same feelings. It's not just this one child. Absolutely agree. And I think that goes back to, you know, what we see in like Romans 2, where like the, the law of God is written in, a, in the hearts of men, people who don't have the law, you know, they do by nature that which is contained in the law, their conscience is bearing witness. You know, you said that you see that in Romans 2. So it makes sense, you know, it's part of that general revelation, as it were, we have a conscience that is in some way, even if we're fallen and warped, you know, as human beings, um, it's in tune with the way God designed us to live, which goes against, you know, that fundamental nature, which is why, you know, even amongst children, there is sort of a, a self-preservation, a don't harm yourself type thing. Those are things we end up having to learn how to do and learn about later in life, as opposed to just, you know, being a kid and curious and doing those things that you don't really see that, right? Um, not knowingly, at least. So, but... I, the, so I put the article in there, which I found a better one than the, the original one that I posted, which has um, it's from the psychological perspective. So it deals mostly with, you know, his his actual study of the twins. Um, but there's a uh, documentary out where the one twin um, is talking about, you know, growing up with a brother that's going through this. Um, and ultimately, when they got older and the brother found out, number one, the parents were not privy to any of these things happening, right? Um, and I think that was a big part of it, that the parents were trusting this doctor to, you know, provide actual medical care and psychological care. And these children had been indoctrinated and brainwashed to be secretive and exclusive in terms of their care and not share any of this with their parents for years. And they were made to feel like this was normal. And so the parents were devastated to find out that these things, as far as what was going on, uh, the things that they were being forced to do, that their children were being forced to do, was happening right under their nose for 15 years. Um, and when the, the metamorphosized, that's not a word, but when the metamorphosized um, twin got older and found out he immediately tried to demetamorphosize. Immediately. 
and in his in his own testimony was this makes so much more sense now that this is the case because yeah well i don't know what i don't know what the deal like all the, yeah i think you're done talking for a while apostle like there's way way too much noise going on back there like it's it's making me want to stab kittens don't stab kittens but it is a lot of noise um but yeah let's get some other voices anyway but every yeah i was looking at this guy too like john money like what the heck? Like, why is it every time there's like some renowned psych psychological or sexual psycho expert? Like, well, I mean, I they're insane. Like, they do the most like Frankenstein hatchet stuff. Like, why can't the most renowned person in their field be like, yes, we'll help you cope with your day. Take a breath, relax, walk outside, look at the look at the sky, breathe some fresh air. Like, wow, what an amazing pioneer of you know psychiatry. Why is it always like you want to crawl back inside your mom or you want to do something unspeakable to your mom? Like, or, or like, you know, oh, you're born one way. Let's completely make you the other thing we see. Like, why is it all this, like, freak show stuff? Oh, I mean, I, you know, Satan, God of this world. I, I mean, I get it, right? But I mean, goodness, like, on, on just a common sense level, like, count to 10, take a deep breath, you know, now go about your day. Great. Problem solved. Chris, what do you think? If, if you're, if, if your son came as like, dad, I, uh, I feel like a girl today. I can't imagine this being a very long conversation at all. Well but what would your response be, Chris? So before Chris answers, I'm sure before Chris answers, I'm sure you'd bring him to the Pentecostals to get that demon out. Yeah, 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 totally. I would bring him to the Locks Church, and I would make sure to uh, to pay for plane tickets for all of Malak, all of Malak's entire church to fly to Bethel, Reading, so that we can all get the amount of help that we need. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I mean. It, it's kind of funny because it would just be so unthinkable with my son, but, um, and, uh, and my son, one of my son's favorite guys to watch is Matt Walsh. So, you know, I, I, I don't think that would get very far with him, but, um, yeah. I mean, how would it go? Like, dad, I, I really think I'm a girl. Uh, no, you're not son. Go away. Okay, dad. I, would, I mean, I would, I would immediately take it very seriously and I would immediately find an actual Christian counseling pastor that would be able to talk him through the emotion. You wouldn't try to like handle any of that in-house first? You'd just jump straight to the big guns? In this day and age? Yeah, I would just jump straight to the big guns. I'd, I'd go find me, you know, I'd go get to you know, Dr. Nichols, you know, over at RBC and who he loves and respects and be like, alright, let's go have a conversation with Dr. Nichols. Hmm. Uh, who else hasn't talked in a while? See you. Uh, about this. Hang on, I want to get some new voices in. Uh, yeah, Samuel, we'll go to you. I think CEO was trying to say something. Can you hear me? Or is okay, it loud? Uh, yeah, Sa it's fine. So, uh, yeah, CEO, if you're trying to talk, we don't hear you, so something's going on. I see you're on mute. Oh. Hello? Can you hear me? Oh, you're super quiet, but yeah. Okay, sorry. Um, so I remember in grade school, you know, girls, there were a lot of girls who were like tomboys. Ah, uh, CEO, now you're you're uh, super quiet and choppy. We'll come back to you. Uh Samuel and then toast. Uh, I was gonna let. I mean, deer. Deer was trying to talk first, but. <clears throat> okay. Um, I don't know what that I, was. Everyone's choppy. Yeah, Samuel. Well, I just have I just have a, a little testimony uh, about this because my daughter or her, my nephew. I call I call him her a nephew because uh, she's metamorphosing into a male, but. 
they they were they were really close, you know, growing up. And oh, Samuel, so, yeah, hurry, hurry through this because it also sounds like people are being murdered behind you. There's tons of metal clinging. So yeah, try to make oh, this yeah, short and sweet. Yeah, that's it's hurting all okay, of us. Okay, how about how about how about now? It's not gonna be better. Just talk fast. Okay. Well, okay. So, so she got into that whole LGBTQ ideology and she said that she was gay and all this stuff. And then, um, after that, uh, she came to me, or, you know, I, I just said, you know, I love you and that's not the way it's, you know, creation and designed and, and, and I'll talk, you know, if you have questions about it or whatever. So one day she asked me, she was like, well, what's, what's the problem? And then I just went through the Genesis story and told her, you know, this is this is creation order. This is how it's supposed to be, and and you know, it it's to allow us to to live our lives better, and for you to have have children and to be fulfilled and all that stuff. And it wasn't like three weeks later. She was like, I, I went into her room and I was like, so is it a girl or a girlfriend? And she goes, I don't even like girls no more. And I was like thank god (laughs) and so and so that was it like she has she has a little boyfriend that she talks to and everything and and the lord really moved in that situation i i'm glad that the holy spirit gave me the words to speak to her and to to give her truth but that's that's my little testimony i'm sorry for the loudness i'm at work and nate is this better now is this better uh it is but let's go to toast I wanted to defer to, to Deer because I, I thought she wanted to say something else. Oh, but did she? I, nope. I was thinking so. Nope, I'm good. Nope, I'm good. I, I, no other thoughts. Well, yeah, I have tons, but, you know, that I I'd could like ramble on forever. Okay, so, so CEO, and then we'll go back to Deer. Hang on, I'm, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to, like, navigate these waters. That's all I do is, like, try to steer this rudder. All right, Toast, uh, what did you have to say first? No, I, the only thing I wanted to hear was was Deer's thoughts about oh, okay. something. See you. Then what did you want to say? Yeah, so um, I just remember, like, in grade and middle school, there were, like, a lot of girls who went through the tomboy phase, right? And then I know the majority of them went on, grew up, and became, you know, in touch with her femininity. And I feel like what's happening now is that girls that may be going through that phase, as opposed to considering it a phase, were being pushed to transition and become boys and i think that we're not creating space for this sort of normal human development that can just occur and be a phase so i just want to know if anyone has any thoughts on that yeah so when someone says you know when a child says any age says i think i'm a girl a good follow-up question would be what is that okay oh it just means i play with dolls well here's some dolls you're still a boy so I want to touch yeah. on that. <clears throat> Sorry, go ahead. So I want to touch on that. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, I'm clearing my throat too. We'll be through clearing, buddies. Yeah, I'm, I'm dying <laughs> over here also. So basically, I I was one of those, and I am one of those as far as a tomboy. You know what you would classify as a tomboy. I was around my brothers, my father. I learned how to do a lot of what you would consider manly things. I was interested in those because it just, but that's the problem. We're identifying actions with, you know, uh, uh, who you are as far as, you know, like working with tools or working on a car or things like that. 
I, I never geared towards being interested in women at all, as far as in a, a, you know, a mutual compatibility type of thing. But I married a man, been married for 38 years. Uh, uh, I grew into a little bit more feminine, what you would consider feminine. But I still love to work on around the house, fixing the plumbing or whatever you call it. Oh, so, I've got jobs well, over here for you. Yeah, it, well, there we go. You know, and, and doing those kinds of things just because <clears throat> I'm geared towards fixing things doesn't mean that I was I, I was more pushed towards manly things. It was just more of my interest as far as <clears throat> working on those kinds of things. So, you know, we, we're we're muddying the waters with what a woman is and what a man is. And those are clear, defined things. Not not necessarily in what I'm geared or interested in, just because it's something that we classify as manly, uh, working on, you know, cars or whatever that might be, or dressing and playing with dolls and, you know, that kind of thing. So, I mean, we're using, you know, psychology to identify what these things are when God clearly has identified what those things are. That's just part of what I wanted to say. So, <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to clear my throat so loud over you. I, I missed. I, I was doing that. I no, mute no. Button, so, um, yeah, and, and I mean, people will see what they want to see, right? So, if you're a person who has the, you know, an an agenda that says you have to make as many LGBTPS disciples as you can, then it's like, <clears throat> oh, little Johnny's playing with a Barbie doll. Why is he playing with a Barbie doll? Is he playing with a Barbie doll because he deep down in his soul feels like he's Barbie or feels like a woman? Or is it like, I don't know, some kid who has army men and they're like, oh, you're playing with Barbie dolls. Do you feel like a girl? He's like, what? No, I'm playing with Barbie dolls. They're the prisoners. The, the army's like shooting them and they're like blowing off their heads. And he's like, you know, pulling their hair out. It's like, OK, well, that may be a little aggressive, but no one in the right mind is going to think that kid is, thinks they're a girl. Like they're playing with Barbie dolls because they're the enemy. And he's like pulling their arms off like, you know, his army rangers are like, you know, dropping tinfoil bombs on them. Um, so, I mean, to a reasonable person, they know that too. They just want to get their converts. Um, has this topic run its course? Thanks for sharing that article, Steph. That, that spurred from the, um, California gender affirming parent thing, how, uh, you know, they're not going to let the parent have their kid or whatever. They, they're going to weigh that heavily against them if they don't affirm their kid's gender that you know one parent told them that they are and the other parent disagrees with nate what do you feel like we can do about it because it does seem like really overwhelming now well i think the bash the I, I think they've overplayed their hand like it's funny like who coined this thing it's like evil overplays their hand something like that like like evil is greedy or evil always wants more it's it's some kind of popular thing along those lines but I don't think it's wrong. I mean, I'm, I don't know of an instance where it would be wrong. Maybe if someone keeps it super secretive or whatever, but typically they're, they're like, toast, you mute. Uh, they're typically like loud and boisterous, and they've done that to a fault. So, you know, see exhibit one Mrs. Mulvaney for Bud Light. See exhibit we worship Satan and uh, pedophile shirts in Target. Uh, you, you know, so all these people they keep game. pushing and pushing and pushing. Yeah, yeah, the ladies of perpetual indulgence or sisters of perpetual indulgence, a bunch of like fat bearded dudes and, and nun, uh, ghost, satanic nun garbs. 
Um, what, what was another one? Oh, like drag queen story time. Uh, you know, that was all fine and great. They're like, no, we don't want to sexualize your kids until that same drag queen was caught in an Austin strip club with a five-year-old putting cash in his G-string with, you know, the, the thing flopping around in front of the five-year-old's face. So the, the good thing is, is they're self-destructive. So this whole umbrella is pushing itself so far away um, that, you know, the tide is turning. And like now, even like, you know, people who just like regular gay people that are just like, no, I'm an adult gay dude and I, I like other gay dudes, um, but I don't want anything to do with kids. Like e even people in that camp are turning with like gays against groomers, like the organization in Florida. I think it's like a lesbian run organization, but they're like, no, we don't want anything to do with grooming children, transitioning children. We don't want anything to do. That's messed up. So it's like even people in their own community is coming out against it. So I think, you know, the Christian response is just like any of these normal responses. It's like, you know, get active, get active where it happens, like in school boards, in your local community, in your local government, in your councils. Um, so let me, you know, let me ask you a question, like, Abe, based on what you're saying, like Cause, because you're, you're, you're a retired public official. <laughs> um, um, and, and most people in, in that line of work, I know they're, they're extremely conservative. I mean, I, I, I have friends that are, um, that work, that have that, that have found that job and they, they vote red. I mean, they are, they know that when they vote red, their department works. I mean, it's working more efficient. They get more funding. You know, they, they're like that. Um, but I find it really weird that that sometimes they're handcuffed and they can't, like, you know, the, the interpretation of the law for, like, arresting these guys when they take kids to, like, bars or, or you know, you know, you know, infant bar day or whatever they call it, you know, bring bring your daddy to, you know, bring your child to the bar, whatever they call that. Are, are, these, are, are they handcuffed? Is it a political thing? Is it, do they not see what we see and they just can't do anything about it? What is, what's going on? What do you think? I mean, in every jurisdiction, like there, and it's been like, geez, 20 years since I've, I've been in law enforcement, but um, th there's just lots of moving parts. So if there's something that completely, that clearly violates like, uh, you know, a federal or state law or whatever, um, then yeah. And I think like, that's why, you know, when it was brought to the attention um, of, and this wouldn't be, I, I think this was like regulations of the city of Austin, just from what I know, I'm not in Austin, not around it. I just read the story. Um, but I think it was like city regulations, you know, that that prohibit minors from being in strip clubs. And they tried to find a loophole, which was rebranding it as like a, a kid's night, which was outside of regular operation hours. Um, and I think that's why they tried to find that loophole, but it didn't fly from the public backlash. So um, they that's why I guess that got shut down. But no, I mean, if there's clearly like, you know, sexual assault taking place, like right in front of someone, obviously. Uh, you know, any any cop is going to be mandated by law to interfere and stop that and make an arrest and use reasonable and necessary force to neutralize this that uh, suspect. Um, but when it's when it's something like you know drag queen story time, I don't think there's any law um, that that could be applied there. It would have to be like a school board policy. That's why like people think local like the smaller local levels letter, levels don't matter, but things like this they almost matter the most because you don't hear a lot of news stories. I'm sure it happens somewhere behind the scenes, <clears throat> but you don't see a lot of news stories about like uh, kids being raped at school. I mean, that's something that law enforcement would absolutely be forced to interfere with. So what you see is stuff that's not mandated. Like, well, no, there's no law that says a, a fat dude in a wig dressed as a woman can't come read books to kids. Um, so a lot of these things like are policies. 
And so if you have a sheriff who's like really liberal or really conservative, that affects their policy because, of course, they have to say, well, follow all state and, you know, state and federal laws, blah, blah, blah. But now here's our policy. So it's like in the hierarchy of things, policy can affect a lot of stuff. Um, it's kind of like the executive order for like county sheriffs, um, how, you know, presidents don't make laws, but man, their their executive orders can sure have quite an impact. Um, so things like that. So school board policymakers. Um, county, city council policymakers, things like that. Those are some of the most important things about this issue because they're not outright violating laws. They're just like doing everything they can below a, a law type level, and that's affected by policy. So the biggest thing you can do about that is get in these lower levels. So if they say, "Well, our policy is drag queen story hour," be like, "Oh, well, unfortunately, you know, new people have got on the school board, and now it's a uh, five people say no, three people say yes. So sorry, I guess drag queen story hour is not happening at this school." For example, or like the sexual explicit cartoon uh, books. Like th that's actually like you know, journalists can't show it for fear of getting hit with like child porn because that actually is a law. Um, yet the school board. Um, you know, we'll pass these things and say, yes, you can show these to kids. Like, it's fine for kids, but you say you're going to arrest me if I showed it at a school board meeting with adults because it's too explicit. And then, you know, they will get around this by using, like, freedom of the press or freedom of uh, free speech and say, well, see, it's not like actual people. It's just like cartoons, like explicitly, incredibly well-drawn cartoon images. Um, so, uh, yeah, th this stuff happens at, like, very small local levels. So get involved. That happened, and in, in, in actually, the county I live in, um, in, in Florida, that happened. Um, there was it, it was going that way because you know Florida is typically more conservative, at least the the part of Florida I live in, and it was starting to go that way. There was a majority of scored people that were pushing, and they had all these stacks of books ready. Um, and there was a a meeting for you know like citizens or whatever, and it was taking place in my neighborhood. So I was invited, so I went by. I really didn't think much about it, um, but I went by and I thought, no, nah, not in Florida. And they're like, yeah, these are on the next docket, and they passed around these books. And it's called like it's only natural or genderqueer or, or like I, I forget the books. You can find them. They're everywhere. But I looked through these books. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, what am I watching? Like, this is this is crazy. It didn't just show. And they're like, oh, it teaches anatomy. I'm like, no, it didn't just have like a, a, a male and female. And be like, this is what a male looks like. This is what a female looks like. It's got like explicit like what you would see at like a gynecologist's office, like explicit stuff. And then it has like the LGBTPS element where they're actually doing sexual acts. So it'll have two dude kids, two male children, performing sexual acts on each other. And they're like, this is anatomy. Like, no. Anyway, so the point is, there was such outrage over that, that uh, the election was coming up immediately, like tons of people like rushed the school board. It got flooded with like, now there's only like, there was one existing conservative who remained, who kept getting outvoted on everything. They were fine. And like all the rest were liberals. They all got smashed. And now it's a completely conservative board. Or I think there's like one liberal remaining and they have no power. So those books that were going to be put into play are now not being put into play in my county. So you can make a difference. And as a result, like tens of thousands, like, I don't know, like 50,000 kids in the county or whatever, maybe 30,000 kids um, in those rages, they're not going to be exposed to that now. So there you go. Thank you. Sorry for the length. I am told I talk too much sometimes. That's Anybody okay. else? I, I self-identify as that too, talking to me. 
So uh, I'll just mention so many of these things come from people who are uh, dealing in psychology and such. And most of them are experiments. And who are they experimenting on? Us. They want to prove their theories. They want to prove their ideas or disprove them, whichever, you know, and, and we have become, you know, they're guinea pigs is basically what it boils down to in so many aspects of it. I mean, I remember reading an article several years ago, you know, about um, three uh, twins. So they were targeting people, uh, women that were going to be having multiple sets of twins, you know, like uh, uh, twins or quadruplets or, you know, triplets. And they were targeting those people Um, that were in poor communities that they knew were going to have multiple births at one time, multiple children, and they were uh, um, encouraging them to put them up for adoption. And then those sets of triplets or quadruplets or whatever were divided up and put into different uh, um, economical situations. One was adopted to a rich, one was adopted to a very extremely poor family, and another was adopted, you know, to a, a, a middle-income family. And then they studied these children, you know. So they turned them into, you know, an experiment is basically what they did. And and studied them on, on their, you know, how economics, uh, their economic situation uh, would affect them, you know, and, and then years later, you know, one of the boys went to college and another one of the boys went to the same college and somebody or a friend of theirs said, I have a friend of mine that looks exactly like you, you know, and then they get them hooked up and turns out they are the brothers. And then they go out and find their third brother, you know, and then even though they have found each other, they've grown up in different circumstances, but they always felt like they were missing part of them because, you know, essentially they knew they had a twin out there, but they'd never been told, you know, so uh, government has experimented with these things at, at the cost of what the individual. Oh yeah. And and it's like, you know, I mean, you know, who, who are we going to going to be able to do anything on a level that we'll never know? Because what you're saying like, is like as much as the government like lets us, by the way, I love you, government. You oppress me for my own good. I understand. Peace be upon you. Um, you're amazing. But as much as the government like does stuff we know and are rightly outraged over, like the stuff we will never know. And it's like secret that happened like 50 years ago. Um, we may as well just turn our outrage to 100 because like the stuff that we do know that we're outraged over imagine all the stuff we'll never know we don't um yeah well do we have a new uh topic by the way i think all the atheists are hanging out like on discord now i think that's where they've they've gone to i i can't hardly dip a toe in that water because um you know i need to bathe in holy water and there's just not enough did, did somebody just say outrage so i don't are you triggered I, I don't know if it's coming from mass christian but i've had so many atheists just bombard me with information that I don't need. Really? Like personal messages? 
Yeah, I mean, that, it's just, I mean, they're not being evil or anything like that. Would you like to church, you know, you know, the wicked, blah, blah, this, the, you know, the, the, the you know, all, all kinds of just, I don't want to point finger at a specific name. But, well, um, I guess I'm lucky I'm, I'm forgettable. Like, no one messages me. <laughs> oh, I was going to say about the identical twins a little bit. Yeah, I've known three sets of identical twins in my life. And, man, they're creepy. <laughs> um, One of them, like, we, we like, growing up, I could, I, I didn't, I, I mean, I wasn't, like, best friends with them. So, like, you know, I you really, it was almost impossible to tell them apart. Um, but as we got older um, and I started hanging out with them more and one of them started getting a little more portly, it was, it was easier to tell them apart. <laughs> But so um, my mother-in-law had a set of cousins that were identical twins, <clears throat> and I mean identical. I I never I could never tell them apart once I got to know them even, and uh, they would go shopping at different times, <laughs> you know, and they would end up buying the exact same outfit, not knowing, and then they would <laughs> then they would go to a function. And they would wear that exact same outfit. It, it was creepy. It the the psychological connection to identical twins. I mean, because you know they're they're split basically from the exact same egg. You know, um, yeah, weird. Uh, have you ever heard of Chimera? Yeah, that is creepy. Like what so they're trying to do in China right now, how they said they like cross, they like cross, um, uh, what was it? It was, there's a couple, there's all kinds of things, but the most recent one was like, we created a, a chimera. It was like human and, oh, I forget the DNA. Was it a, was it a goat? It was like a goat or it, uh, it was something messed up. Um, I think some bovine type thing. And they're like, and we kept it alive for almost eight minutes. I'm like, holy crap. It's like alien life is not out there. Like, we're inventing, like, foreign alien stuff here in our world. Like, yeah, crossing. Like, I know Hitler tried to do that with, like, um, with like mm-hmm. women and, and, and apes or, or something in, like, mm-hmm. you know, to save World War II. But I, I don't think any progress was really made. But, yeah, in China, like, uh, uh, that's – there you go. There's the standard bearer for you want chimeras? You got them. Um, it, it's, like, three or four popular ones. Like, um, yeah, I think that the bovine thing or was, was it a goat or – I don't know. I'm going to have to remember that. But yeah, I've heard of it. And it is messed up. You want to talk about abominations? There you freaking go. There you go. So there is actually natural chimeras. So basically, what ends up happening is you have uh, uh, where the egg splits, um, and two, you know, are created, but one is either um, not viably functionable. It grows for a certain period of time, but the other one absorbs that one's DNA because basically their DNA is still separate because it's split, uh, created the two. And so the one twin absorbs the other twin DNA into itself. So there was, uh, gosh, it's probably been about five years ago um, where there was a lady who when she started having children, um, she had one child and then she had a second child. And I can't remember, uh, I think it was in Oregon. And, um, but anyhow, uh, she needed to go on welfare, you know? And so 
in order to get her welfare, they tested the kids to make sure that these were her children. Huh. And it came came back. One of them wasn't her. The DNA came back that it wasn't her child. And so the child, you know, and she ended up getting punished, not getting the welfare because it's, they said it was welfare fraud. And she's like, I gave birth to these children. Well, she was pregnant with a third child. And so in order, you know, they said, well, somebody has to witness that you are giving birth to this child in order for us to give you welfare. So she had to have people, you know, sign documents. Yes, this child was delivered by this woman. The DNA came back that it was not, didn't match her DNA. And then later on, discovered that she had a chimera, that she had separate DNA in her. Many, 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 many years ago, back in the early 1900s, there was a woman that, and I don't mean to be graphic, but turned out that she was a chimera. She had two vaginas, two separate vaginas. And when she had children, one was born from one and one was born from another because she had absorbed her twin. And it was weird. It was weird. So, um, huh. anything well, about Nate, Jesus? Did you, <laughs> did you, Nate, did you hear about the, the other Chimera guy that um, he had, you know, he was a full-grown guy, but then his twin was buried, like, in his abdomen. Um, oh. And he would be able he had uh the twin had psychic powers and was able to tell the future and all kinds of things <laughs> um, know, and, that's on. from a movie yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> little deer caught it <laughs> wait wait what what movie was this from i almost know it what movie total, I, I, total I, recall total recall remember the, the, oh, the leader I of the opposition that. was like a yeah, was my, like a chimera twin my pastor doesn't let me here. watch kind of movies like that oh yeah it's not on pure flicks i'm sorry Malak, yeah we're but, more holy than you chris yeah no, i just don't remember yeah, I, I always I always love like throwing in like movie plots like i got the hebrew israelites going one day on the plot of stargate Oh, um, <laughs> I've done that. I've done that. I've done that with the spiritual guys, the guys who think they're angels. Yeah, there's a portal. You know. I, I, I don't know if you guys you guys remember Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait. Do, the 1970s do you know? Or the 2005. The 1970s, either one, but 1970s the, the original. Ones. I remember the new ones. Yeah. Do you know who the creators of that were? Mormons. They uh, sure were. Yeah. And they were. Yes. It's just crazy. And and I watched that and I went, oh my gosh, I know exactly where this is coming from because I live in Mormon country. I know all their stories. Oh you know, goodness. I met that guy, Edward James, almost. Yeah, I have too. He was kind of a jerk. <laughs> He, well, we, I was on a photo assignment, so he was super nice to me. But it was neat to to hang out with him. But uh, <clears throat> he was here for for a film festival. We have a film festival at the Enzian every year, and then my buddy has been the main photographer for it for like twenty five years. 
And so he always hires me to just come hang out and they have like really good food and drinks. And I just kind of like schlep a light around for him. We just kind of hang out and drink beer and meet celebrities. It's kind of a good gig every year. Saint, what's up? You've been up here a little while. Are you speaking? Yeah, I had a question. So I was talking with the Jewish guy yesterday, and uh, Jesus came across, or he healed a blind man, and they asked him, why was he blind? And Jesus said, he was born this way so I could heal him or whatever. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. John 9, is it? But yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and then the Jewish guy was like, I, I just find that hard to swallow that the guy was born blind like he suffered his whole life just so jesus could heal him did he how i mean sure you could say he suffered but i don't know we also can't discount that he was like um oh who's the hero um daredevil like who knows i mean maybe his other four sentences senses helped him along well like who's to say everyone always wants to go to the gloom and doom like why would god punish him I mean, I'm not saying he's a super hero, uh, hero and has supersonic seeing or something, but I mean, Bro. you know, they do say other senses are heightened. Did you just really say the blind beggar was Daredevil of the first century? Because that's kind of awesome. So, so I we, mean, we, we can't we, say we, he wasn't. We, we had like, we've had like like modern, you know, modern, like for example, like in the mute community, um, they are, you know, they're in, in that community. If if you were mute and then you start speaking. You're almost shunned from the community. Like it's like it's like a, a badge of honor, you know, to be part of that community. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, and so uh, this case was made that for the same purpose that you're saying, we are assuming that he suffered. Um, yeah, the text doesn't say that he suffered. It's just an assumption. For all of the, all all we can think about, he probably had a thriving life um, because he doesn't know anything different. I mean, even if he did suffer, God allows suffering for his own glory constantly. In fact, he put it on display with his own son as the suffering servant. I, I can agree with that because you use the word allow. But if you said determined, very different. Yes. And then look at Job. You know, he, allowed, he allowed Satan, you know, to mess the Job. Like, you know, so if someone wants to have a problem with God, you know, I'm not saying you do, Saint, but if someone wants to have a problem with God, because how could he? Well, that's the way it is. God can do what God wants to do. God can <clears throat> allow what God wants to allow. So, you know, if if that seems evil um, in someone's sight, then Joshua 24, that go serve something else. But you shouldn't because you have a messed up understanding. And in 100 years, we're all going to be dead anyway. So put your faith in Jesus today. Get over yourself that, you know, if God exists, oh, he's mean. Or, you know, he totally exists, but he's mean anyway. Um, you know, accept that you don't know what you don't know and trust in the goodness and kindness and mercy of God that he's got this. He's pretty good at his job, we believe. So anyway, um, not saying that you say that stuff, Saint, but for those who take it there. Hello, Steph. Mother Steph. Hello. Saint, what was the response <clears throat> of the blind beggar? Ooh. I'm sure I'm sure he was happy. Right. Wait, you don't know? So so we It's we, in the text. 
we ought to take the response of the blind beggar. He didn't stand in the face of Christ and say, wait a minute, all these times I got beat up on the playground and like my whole life and all these memories that I have of how horrible it was, blah, 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 blah. This was all unnecessary. He was overjoyed and grateful and thrilled that he could be, we're supposed to take the response and take the side of the beggar, right? Like that's, he's, I mean, Christ is the hero of the story, but he's a hero in the story. So I think that's the lesson to take from that. Yeah, well, let's just get the response. Like, <clears throat> goodness, I need like a on-demand mute button. Like, it's too hard to reach over and hit my phone. Oh, I was right. John 9. Oh, my gosh. John 9, 1 to 41. No wonder you didn't read it. Okay. Let's, let's just read the relevant parts. John. John. 9. Okay. So he passes the blind guy. Let's see. How far do we have to go to get to his response? Who had been blindness? Uh, okay. Oh, okay. It, the response is pretty quick. Okay. Uh, and he passed and saw a blind man from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is still day, because night is coming and no one can work. As long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. Having said this, he spit on the ground and made mud with his saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud and said to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam. Uh, so he went and washed and came back seeing. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, Is this not the blind, the man who used to sit and beg? Someone said, It is he. Others said, No, uh, but he is like him. He kept saying, I am the man. So they said to him, then how are your eyes open? He said, the man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, where is he? He said, I do not know. Uh, let's see. They brought the Pharisees. Uh, now it was Sabbath. I thought we'd get to an answer right now. Now it was Sabbath uh, when Jesus made the mud and, and his eyes opened. The Pharisees asked how he'd received his sight. And he said, I'm paraphrasing, he put mud in my eyes. I washed and I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God. He does not keep the Sabbath. Um, but others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? There was division among them. <laughs> um, let's see. Others said he is a prophet, the Jews. Let's see. They brought the parents in. He said, we, are no, we know our son was born blind. Um, how he sees, we don't know. Go ask him. His parents said these things because they were scared of the Jews. Um, let's see. He already agreed that anyone should confess. Uh, his parents said these things. For the Jews already agreed that anyone who confessed should confess Jesus to be the Christ was to be put out of the synagogue. For the second time, they called the man who was blind and said, uh, and said to him, they called the man and said to him, give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, whether he is a sinner, I do not know. I know one thing. Uh, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, what did he do to you? He said, uh, how, they said, how did he open your eyes? He answered them, I told you already and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you, <laughs> do you also want to become his disciples? And they really uh, reviled him saying, you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but for this man, we do not know. Uh, the man answered, why is this an amazing thing to you? Uh, do You do not know where he comes from and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, you were born in utter sin and you would uh, teach us. And they cast him out. Uh, let's see. Jesus heard they cast him out and, having, and he found him and said, do you believe in the son of man? He answered, and who is he, sir, that I might believe in him? Jesus said to him, you have seen him and it is he who is speaking to you now. 
And that's where the Muslims would say, why do you say I am the man? I am the one. I am the God, blah, blah, blah. So he says it. Anyways, uh, you have seen him and you see him now. He's saying, that's me, bro. That's me. That's what he's saying. Anyways, he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. Jesus said, uh, for judgment, I have come into this world that those who do not see may see and those who see may become blind. Um, some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, are we also blind? And Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would not have guilt. But now that you say we see, your guilt remains. So there is so much to this. Goodness. So it's like, when... how, many times have we, <clears throat> how many times have we all read the story? And it's like three new things stood, stood out. One, the dude totally worships Jesus. He's totally happy. He's not crying and complaining that Jesus healed him after he's blind his whole life. Two, claiming to be wise or claiming to have sight, claiming to have insight, they are completely and utterly blind. And the third thing, they're like, show me where Jesus says he's God. Jesus says he's him. Jesus says he's the one. You have seen him, and he is speaking to you now. Bro, that is Jesus saying, I am he. Yes, Steph. <laughs> so, Saint, to answer your question, when we have hardship and we follow God in it, we come out better off than if we had not had it, and we end up grateful for it. Right? Like, ideally, that's the path that you ought to take. So one option would be, but why did you blind me from birth? Why did I have all this hardship? The other option would be, praise the Lord that I had this happen and my glory was shown. And now I can spend the rest of my life um, grateful for my sight, something other people take for granted. It, it's, it ends up, I mean, there's a lot like Nate said, but just specifically to your question, it's a really beautiful story about how to manage hardship and how to move forward from it. And I, I imagine that that guy was just so grateful uh, that he didn't have, I imagine he didn't struggle with, you know, because the, the second interaction happens later, much later. So it's like, I imagine he didn't struggle with feeling any kind of disdain towards God for the hardship that he, that he had at the, his first 20 years or whatever. We, we move forward from hardship better off than we went in. Uh, and that's what that man did. Hey, I was wondering, I turned my, noise canceling on is, is it better or can you still hear all the playing uh that's that's actually a little bit better oh well that's not okay M maybe when oh, you're okay. talking just, just try talking. <laughs> okay hey when uh, i was just wondering um what uh what verse was that where he fell down and worship oh boy let's see all right uh okay so john nine worshiped uh him it's uh, 38, John 9, 38. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. John 9, 38. I heard the Unitarians tell me that people worshiped like everybody all the time. Like, you know. So whenever you guys feel free, say, yeah. you guys can worship me. Just feel free to worship me. <laughs> <you guys> <laughs> hey, D, what's up, D? I have a question to ask Christian. We'll try to find some. What's up? <laughs> I'll pay we are late. Okay. What is it? What does the afterlife look like? What is that? And what is heaven? And what do we expect? And what is hell? And what do we expect? I mean, I know that the the overall concept, but is it more deeper than the superficial? Oh, we're gonna be in heaven. You know, is it even? On, is it on earth? Is it in the heavens? Is it two separate places? And then hell, like is it 
supposed to be. I mean, I know there's something about the lake of fire. I, I printed out this like little chart. I didn't get a chance to go over it, but it was like all these different things and different levels and stuff. So I just wanted to hear you guys' opinion about that. <clears throat> well, yes, let me take hell because um, I don't know. Um, someone else can take heaven. So here's the bad news first. Some may say you got to give them the bad news before you give them the good news. That's not true. But in this case, this is so let, let me just read some Bible stuff about about hell. So like if you're not f- familiar with the descriptors, um, so Matthew 13, 41, 42, uh, you know, the son of man will send his angels and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and lawbreakers and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So mark that down uh, wherever hell is. Weeping and gnashing of teeth is a marker. Um, Matthew, uh, Mark 9:43. And if you're, uh, let's see, um, hand causes you sin, cut it off. It's better to enter the after, enter life crippled than two hands uh, and go to hell to the unquenchable fire. So mark that down, unquenchable fire. Um, let's see, Matthew 25:46. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. So eternal, it is not a temporary thing. It is forever. Um, Revelation 14, 11, and the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever, and they will have no rest day or night. These worshipers of the beast and its image and whoever receives the mark of its name. So smoke, torment, forever and ever, no rest at any time, day or night. Um, let's see, almost done. Luke 16, 23, 24. Uh, let's see, in hell, where he was in torment, so more torment. Um Okay, not a lot of monikers. It just, uh, you know, it's the story of the rich man. Um, hell sucks. Um, okay. And then some of the people who will be there. Um, let's see. Revelation 21.8. Cowardly, unbelieving, vile, murderers, sexually immoral, those who practice magic, sorcery, idolaters, liars, will be consi- consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. So fiery lake of burning sulfur. And the last one. Uh, let's see. Second Thessalonians 1.9, they will be punished with everlasting destruction. So when people try to say, see, it talks about destruction, God's going to destroy them. Everlasting. So destruction doesn't mean annihilation for people that try to make that case. It's everlasting. So you're not everlastingly annihilated. You know, another way to say everlastingly annihilated, tormented day and night forever and ever. Um, so everlasting destruction and shut out of the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. So in summary... Hell sucks. Those are some uh, qualifications or qualities of hell. Don't go there. Who wants to speak to heaven? <laughs> oh, it's a good place. No one? Okay, D. Well, since it's no one has bothered that. <laughs> yeah, it's not hell. Um, uh, so that's uh, too much for me to look up right now. I'm doing other stuff. But you know, some of the monikers of heaven are, you know, there, there'll be uh, no tears. So God will wipe away every tear. Uh, there'll be no pain, no suffering. Um, you'll be in the presence of God. There won't be a need for artificial or another source of light. Uh, God himself will be the light. Um, you know, we're told there will be all kinds of like um, precious metals, precious jewels, gems, like these cities. Like the, the idea is these precious things will be so abundant that they're going to use them to pave the streets with them. So like it describes gold in a way that's not like a gold of this earth. It's like a like a transmuted, translucent, like elevated type of gold. And that's that's like one of the most awesome things in heaven, like materially speaking. And they're going to use that as cobblestones for the road. So those are some of the qualities of heaven. And, you know, there'll be no fighting, lying, lace around the lamb, all that stuff. Um, 
So they're guilty. So is that going to be on Earth? Like, isn't he going to create a new Earth? Or is that... And these are things that I have not researched. These are just things that I've heard. So is that like some of us will be on Earth and then some of us will be in Heaven, depending on what level you want, or we all are going to be on Earth and then Heaven will be on Earth? So I'd like Malik and Chris to speak about that. I don't get into locations because I, I, I like, you know, less is more. So... um People say different things, but it's all loosely based. I mean, it's based on the same exact scripture everyone else has. But how they interpret it, there will be different things. So um, an overview. So the, the ultimate point is wherever hell is, location is at the center of our earth. Um, what about in like five billion years when the sun's supposed to blow it up? Um, does hell relocate? Is hell like an interdimensional space? Is it in another dimension? Um, don't know, don't care. Um, what we do know is what we just read about hell, and that's going to suck. Um, heaven, same thing. Is it the actual abode of God, like you know, the third heaven, or is is heaven like if you go up so many light years, do you reach heaven? Do, is heaven like right in front of our face? It's just in an inaccessible dimension. Um, is Jesus going to you know destroy and recreate this same uh, material cosmo, cosmic dust into this earth with a new heaven and new earth? Um, so we won't actually be uh, in the abode of God, like in heaven where the Father is. We'll be here on earth where Jesus will hang out. Those are some of the things you'll you'll probably get, but the ultimate thing is we know the qualities of heaven and we know the qualities of hell, very, with no interpretation. We just read it. Um, but now for the locale of either, would uh, Malik like to speak to that? Well, I mean, it, it doesn't really give you a location. It always says where the Lord is, wherever that is, you know, because it doesn't say heavens and like in the skies. It doesn't say hell is like in the center of the earth. Um, it's always about being with the Lord or not being with the Lord. Well, what do you think about like what D said about, you know, like some people will say, well, you know, you're not going to go to to this heaven. It's going to be this earth is going to be recreated and the Lord's going to be here or for the thousand years, like the millennial reign will be here and then we'll go to heaven. Well, like, uh, do you have an opinion on that? Because I, I don't really care about that. But do you? Well, uh, yeah. Uh, so for the biblical view, no. Um, no, uh, <laughs> no. Uh, no, I. So the the Bible does talk about the world, you know, when it says the world, it's not just saying the planet, being regenerated, you know, the, you know, it, it cries to be renewed, and so yeah, uh, I believe that the you know the world's going to be regenerated, and we are all going to live the way we were meant to live in the beginning, with God in the garden, and mankind with God. Yeah, I mean, and while it's not a romantic idea, I'm not sure that there's like a soul train line getting into heaven every second a, a Christian dies. This idea of it being the new earth and basically absent from the body means present with the Lord means that for you, the person who dies, the next second that you experience would be the events in Revelation. It doesn't mean that um, from our perspective, you literally immediately went into heaven. So when you say soul train line, see, uh, like, does that mean it's going to be like dance into the gate? Like, no, no, I'm, I'm saying I don't think that's the case. I'm saying I don't think, I don't believe that is how, like, I don't think every, I, I you that. know, seven seconds, someone is going right into heaven. That was a really good um perspective because i never thought about it like 
when you said like it's not like when you pass you instantly receive revelation the revelation of whatever is occurring because so like my son passed so you know like part of me has remembers being taught that once you die you are in the presence with christ and then i know another aspect i heard that was taught was that you're in like i don't want to say purgatory because that sounds so um soul sleep soul sleep yeah yeah or maybe it's abraham's bosom that's a biblical term are you in abraham's bosom like in until you transition into like when judgment happens or is you know i i i think like i i believe as soon as you take your last breath in this world you take your you know new spiritual breath however that works uh with jesus or without jesus Yes, uh, and, I, and I agree with that, but the, the nuance is that is from the person's perspective. So it doesn't mean that, like, so my father died in 2009. It doesn't mean, like, right now, this second, from my understanding, that he's in heaven, but it means the next moment he experiences yeah. after having died, he is with the Lord. Yes. Yeah, and I'm saying we disagree on that. So I was... um. So, so here, let me, let me give you a little brief story. So my um, son passed maybe, um, it was back in 2016. And so my daughter would come to me and she would say, mom, like before he passed, she would say like, mom, I feel like I'm about to die. Like she would wake up out of her sleep and would tell me, I feel like I'm about to die. I feel like I'm about to die. And, you know, I would pray with her and she'll go back to sleep, but she was doing this consistently. So one day I just Googled what happens after you die, you know, just to be from a Christian perspective, of course. And I it was a video of this little boy who, um, and I think it, it, it actually turned into a movie, but this was just the interview of the little boy who he died and he, um, his father was praying for him or, and his experience was he woke up and he was in heaven and he met Christ and, he met his grandfather that he never knew was his grandfather and had a conversation with him. And um, then um, his father was just praying and he was, and he was just so overwhelmed by this joy and Christ was like, it's time for you to go back. And he was like, no, I don't want to go back. This is a little kid saying this, like, I don't want to go back. And he's like, well, no, your dad's been praying, you know, you got to go back. So he goes back and he tells his dad about the experience and he tells his dad about the grandfather that he met that he never knew prior to uh that experience and so when I explained that to my daughter like she she stopped like having those dreams and then like a week later my son passed so I I think that was like my experience to be prepared for that as well so I say all that to say that little boy's experience was he woke up and he was with Christ so it kind of put my spirit at rest to know that when my son woke up, because he was a special needs kid, um, he would have been in his full glory and be with Christ in that moment. So that's how I see it now. But again, I don't know how biblical it is. I mean, it soothes my soul, though. Well, I just want to ask Nate. Nate, can I ask you a question that's tied into this perfectly? So I understand why you, you disagree with me. Could you understand that, like, from the person's perspective, it doesn't really matter if it was instant from our view or 
it, it's just the next moment of their experience. For them, no time has passed. So it doesn't really matter to them. So I think sometimes we romanticize this idea because it makes us feel better. It that makes well, no difference to the well, person. Well, hang, yeah, hang on. I don't care about romanticizing nothing. I, I hate that. It makes me cringe when you say that. Um, no, I don't care. I, I, but, you know, it's like when people say like Christians have to have to believe in a fairy god, sky fairy daddy, because they're scared of dying. I'm not scared of dying. If dying is what I thought was happening, great. That that sounds pretty easy. Um, so, so no, I, I don't care if I if I am you know soul sleeping or you know interdimensionally asleep or in stasis, and then when I wake up from my perspective, boom, there I am with God. I don't care about any of that. Um, I, I just care from a theological perspective. Um, you know, that's just what I think is true. So, so that's my reason. It's not for any other reason. Like I need to feel better or I can't stand the thought of being asleep for a long time and then waking up. Like, I don't care about any of that. Um, we, we, it's just a theological disagreement. Um, so, and and that's fine. It doesn't matter. I don't think it's a salvation issue. Um, so no, I, I just think, you know, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord literally right then in real, uh, in real space and time. And, you know, uh, just trying to be as, as theologically correct as I can that's my stance. And, you know, you, you believe yours. I don't even know if you said you believe what, what you suggest, but you know, you at least consider it, or even if you do believe it, you know, whatever we, we just disagree. It's no big deal. Um, but Michael, you've been here a while. What's up, Michael. Hey, hey everybody. Um, so I guess we'll start with a little bit of tongue in cheek. I think it was Belinda Carlisle that said heaven is a place on earth. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, it, it's interesting. I'm reminded of something that, uh, I read that, uh, Seneca, the younger, said he said religion to the layman is true to the wise man is false and to the rulers is useful and while i think that may be a little overly simplistic and i don't think i i totally agree with it because there are certainly some uh wise people or smart people um that believe it's true but i think the last part to the ruler is useful I think is absolutely true. And, and when you were, I was listening very in, intently when you were reading about, you know, the properties of heaven and hell, and it just smacks of being completely made up by people who want to control other people. Um, like, it's just, you know, it's like, it, there's, I don't know if any of you are old enough to remember this TV show, wait till your father gets home. Um, but it was basically, uh, basically about a show, you know, stay at home. Mom's got little kids. The kids get home from school. The kids are, you know, messing around. And the whole thing is, you know, your dad's going to fix you when he gets home. And that's what this is. You know, it's like, you better be good or else. Um, and, and it's just like, it's, uh, and I think the last thing I'd say to was is in letter to a Christian nation, Sam Harris wrote in the fullness of time, one side of this argument is really going to win. And the other side is really going to lose. Um, I think that that is absolutely true. Um, unfortunately for, for, I guess for me, I believe I'm right. So I won't be able to stay there and stand there and say, ha 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 ha. You guys were wrong because we'll all be dead and we won't even know about it. Yeah. So, I mean, even if, even if you win, you lose, (laughs) but, um, I mean, if we win, we win big. Um, but you know, I would also say it's not if it's, you know, when we've yeah, already won yeah the hard part is, is you know, but that's just but, but that's the thing right but, well but but that's the um well not exactly I, no um but what you said about you know two rulers usual and that's useful it smacks of of people controlling again th- this goes like 
back to, you know, if you're walking across the road and a car is racing down and you are going to die, you are, death is imminent. I'm like, Michael, get out of the road, get out of the road. And you're like, stop trying to try, stop trying to control me. I'll do what I want. Splat. So sure. You can say on one hand on a cynical lens, it's just to control the masses. It's just for controlling. See how dumb you are, you sheeple. Um, but on the other hand, if it's true, which I stake it is true, you should hear that as well. They really, really believe it's true. But if it is true, then forget any of the controlling of the masses. If that if that helps people bend stuff and control them for material gain or greed or power, fine. But that doesn't change the fact that if it is true, it is of utmost value for you to heat it and not get smacked by the car. So, I mean, there, there's no way around that, right? I mean, that's like saying, well, you know, Atheism is fairy tales for people who are scared of a holy God. It's like, okay, I see how you can say that to try to like, you know, say, well, it's to reduce your fear and it's to make you blah, blah, blah. But if it's true, then, you know, it can bring comfort um, because there is no God. So it's like another side of that argument. So anyway, and I know you're smart enough to realize that, but I think unfortunately there's lots of people who are not. Yeah, no, and, and I don't necessarily disagree with, with that part. But uh, it, uh, the, the other thing that it, that is interesting, and we said this a million times, right? Like, yeah, if you're right, yeah, absolutely, if you're right. Um, I'm unable to reconcile that with, you know, for scads of reasons that we've talked about in the past. But, you know, the, the other thing is, that I think it's important to note is that while it may be true, like the analogy that you used, you know, me walking down the street and the car, right? That may be more true of a case um north america 2023 but that wasn't the case six seven twelve fifteen hundred years ago when 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 the power when the power of the church was used to control people right so so yes more fair a statement uh or a more fair statement now but that hasn't been the case historically and and maybe from a like maybe from a theological perspective, maybe that was quote unquote, always the intention. Right. But we know that power corrupts, right. And that, you know, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. And, um, quote unquote, the church, I'm not saying the church that any of, you know, anyone on the stage, uh, believes in or follows or belongs to or anything else like that, but the quote unquote, the church, um, did exercise, you know, try to exercise that degree of control. And, and there are sections of history where Christianity was spread at the point of a sword, not by, and some of you would say, oh, well, those weren't those were real believers. Well, go tell them that, that they weren't real believers. When you say the but, church, you're talking about the Catholic church, right? You're not talking about all churches. I mean, there's no one church that defines all Christianity. Well, yeah, we, well, yeah, well that's we why I said, well, quote unquote, well, the church. And that's why I prefaced well, what I said by saying, well, not, not, I'm not saying the church that any of you believe in or follow anything else like that. That's why I prefaced it that way. Well, yeah, and we talked about, you know, which which uh, denomination has the highest body count yesterday. But, Michael, even back then when the church, you know, the church did use their power to control people, it still doesn't negate the fact that, you know, these markers of hell we talked about, if hell is real and these are their markers, then it's real. So the fact that people use that to lord over someone to control them is inconsequential. Like, if they use it for, for their own earthly, worldly means and gains that doesn't matter if hell is still real hell is still real so whether someone's using it to control people or not um that's a whole other issue they shouldn't do that but if they are i mean that's a, a whole other category 
the fact is, if hell is real, hell is still real. Don't go there. Oh, no, no. Give an example of how yeah. it's being used. How is it being used? Like, okay, so I, I, I mean, you know, a person today may use that to control their child. Like, eat all your green beans, you know, don't disobey your parents because hell is real and hell is hot. And you want to burn in hell forever and be like, here, here's a hot stove. You know what that's like? Do you want to be that, be, have that on your whole body forever? Therefore, honor your father and mother. Let's pull that Bible verse out of Proverbs. Um, otherwise, you're going to, you know, you're going to be in hell forever, little Johnny, for eat, not eating your vegetables. That would be a, a stupid, but you know, example of how it could be used to control people. Scare of hell, right? Like Michael, uh, you know, I know you're, you know, you're an atheist, but hell is real. Do you want to burn in hell forever? Uh, imagine that. You know, put a lighter under your arm. How does that feel? Do you want to feel that forever? See, you need to convert to my religion right now. Um, and you know, there's plenty of people that be like, oh my gosh, really? And they would do that. Um, so I mean, you know, if they really believe that, great. We'll find Jesus, and then you'll avoid hell. Um, but that would be that would be how it's used to control people, control the masses. Like, you know, I'm an authority. I'm a church leader. I'm a I don't know, Pope. Um, I say this. You have to do what I say. My word is infallible. Um, if you don't do this, you perhaps may be liable for the fires of hell. Do you want to burn in hell or purgatory forever and ever and ever? Um, no, I don't want to do that. I'll do what you say. I'll do what you say. That's how it can be used to control people. But it should not Sound, be used to Sounds people. familiar. But whether or not it is or is not used to control people, if hell is real and hell is hot, avoid it. That doesn't mean do what someone says. So if Michael says, hey, I have atheist hell somehow, and you have to be an atheist just like me, or you're going to burn an atheist hell. I'd be like, oh, well, if it's real, then that sucks. But no, I'm unconvinced, so I'm not going to be an atheist because um, I don't want to I don't believe in atheist hell. But if you did, I mean, if atheist hell was real, then that would suck. Could I just bring up something? Sorry, Michael. Could I just bring up something, you know, when you were talking about church? So what did Christ say the temple was? You know, in three days, this I will destroy this temple, or I will destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. And the Jewish, you know, the people around him were like, you know, he said he was going to destroy the temple. It took 40 years for us to build it. And it's and he's going to uh, rebuild it in three days. So I think this is what we misunderstand what church is. Yes, it's a government, you know, kind of entity. But what the true church is, is the body of Christ. It's not a building. It's not necessarily just a whole group of people wanting to go their own way and do their own thing and make their own judgments like a government does. It's the body of Christ. And I think this is where we get confused. You know, we have the denominational thing and all that kind of stuff. But what the true church is, is the body of Christ. You know, and I just. I think we'd look at the temple in a wrong way, totally. What church is, what temple is, and all that kind of stuff. Well, in that particular verse, it literally says he was speaking of the temple of his body, like, i.e., him raising from the dead. I don't think it was really talking about the body of the church. That's Correct. Not later get that. Okay. Correct. Yeah. And that's kind of what I'm pointing out. Michael's wanting to blame the church for some of these things. Those were those were men that were 
that lead others astray when they're doing evil. But the true church is the body of Christ. You know, those that that do good and do the will of him who, you know, was sent, who sent him. You know, that's the true body of Christ. Yeah, so therein the lies church. the fallacy. Yeah, therein lies the fallacy I mentioned, right? Oh, because a real a real believer wouldn't have done that, right? And it took what? Uh, what was the count? Three minutes for someone to come up with that? So, um, so Michael, so, are, are you a real atheist? Um, well, yeah, it depends on how you want to define that term. Are, do you speak for all atheists? No, I only ever speak for myself. That you're not a real atheist. Okay. Do you understand the problem with what you what you just said? I mean, you're you're blaming a few people and you're calling it the church. No, I was very very specific in what I said. It, in no way, shape, or form, at any time, did I blanket everyone. Okay, and then. everybody that's listening to this now can go back and listen to the replay that can, I don't want to post. Would you, you, would are, you, like you to, are trying would, to erect a gigantic Would you like to re- rephrase your statement and say people within the church? No. Evil people within the church that evil no. things? I would not like to rephrase what I said because I was clear. In what, you're not a real atheist. Is there anyone else? Oh, my God. Where is the mute all button? People. We can take turns. No, I can't hear any of, of you. Whenever can we get a real atheist on stage, please? Is there anyone on the stage or listening to this? Raise your hand and come up. If you if you think I made the statement that was all encompassing of everyone, I was very, very clear. Can you say it again? Sure. <clears throat> okay. The statement that I made was the church. And what I said was, I said, I'm not saying everyone. And I'm certain what I, and I believe almost verbatim what I said was, and I'm certainly not saying everybody here who probably wouldn't identify with that church or want to be a member of that church. I was very, very clear. You're, you're going to have a really hard time erecting a straw man against me because I listen to what I say very carefully. Like which church are we talking about, Michael? Well, and that's and that's why and that's why I said right because when, well, like when I'm talking about the church historically, we're talking mostly about the the, the Holy Roman Church in Italy. So the, so the Roman Catholic Church in the West and the myriad of Eastern Orthodox churches in the East, up until um, the Reformation. That's probably fair, but but I think it I think it might be a little too overly simplistic. To say that that once you know uh, Luther nailed his treatise to the door, that the church never ever committed any wrongs after that, that might be a little too simplistic. Well, no. Well, yeah, and that's part of what we <clears throat> talked about yesterday, right? Like, I mean, to say that the church, the church, or different groups of churches never did anything wrong, <clears throat> sure, of course they did. But I mean, to the level that you're talking about previously, no. What level was I talking about previously? Well, the same one I would talk about, like. I don't know millions, right? So, so we were talking about body count yesterday, Michael. So, like, Catholic, the Roman Catholic Church and the Eastern Orthodox Church is responsible for murders in the millions. Um, the all of the Protestant churches together, even even throwing in like Hebrew Israelites and Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses and everybody we would say is not a Christian, but even throwing them in that they're not Roman Catholic and they're not Eastern Orthodox. Um, but there's some type of Western Bible-believing cult. Um, even throwing all those in, it doesn't even rise into the 10,000s. 
Can we give the tally of the atheists? What what I what I would say hundreds of millions. What what I would what I would say is that Chris, while I think I largely agree with you, I'm not sure how you'd ever quantify that. I, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying that could be that would be very difficult to quantify. Why does it need to be quantified? Like, what are we measuring? Oh no, and for uh, what we'll purpose? say well, like no. I'll concede so, the point. It's less. Who cares? Yeah. So I, I, let me ask you this. So um, I'm sure you're familiar with the book The Secret and the Law of Attraction, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's a, well, it's, yeah. It's like that's toilet yeah. paper material, but okay. yeah. But but so. In terms of the idea of the law of attraction, it's supposed to be basically if you think positively, it will incline those things to more likely happen, right? But it's not supposed to mean that if I think of a Ferrari, the Ferrari is going to drive itself into the driveway, right? Yet people mess this concept up all the time and take it way too far. Do you consider that the fault of people or the fault of the concept? I'm not sure it's mutually exclusive. Meaning, I think would you, meaning, would, I think would, it could be both. Okay, but would you agree that people will interpret things based on what their motivations are and will take things too far and further than the concept was designed to take it? Uh, sometimes, but again, not all the time. I, th I think you're. I think you're trying to be a little bit too all-encompassing. I, I I I agree with you partially. Yeah, I mean, so I don't know how if we if someone takes from Jesus teachings, like let's go commit genocide or let's enslave 40 million people and beat them to death. I don't know how people can say they really got that idea from Jesus. They more so decided that they wanted to have power and found the closest mechanism they could that they thought would give them power. And guess what? If it wasn't the Bible, then they would have just found something else, and that would have created their justification. So I don't know why we blame the ideas when it's the heart of the person that is driving the outcomes. Well, no, unfortunately, it was the, it was the heart of the person that wrote the words down. Right. And, and I and I understand you're not going to agree with me because you think the Bible is the inspired word of God. God is made up. The Bible was written by them. OK, so, right. So let's, uh, okay. take, let, let's maybe take a different taxi. You know, like, so we have Karl Marx and, you know, his communist manifesto, which inspired, you know, all kinds of communist revolutions all over the world, which then spun out of control and murdered hundreds of millions of people. He was an atheist and said that uh, religion was the opiate of the masses. He, all of these countries that experienced um, communist revolutions were officially atheist. Would you say that you as an atheist and the other atheists that you know are responsible for, say, you know, the murder of 40 million Ukrainians um, in Stalin's purges or the, the murder of 100 million Chinese under Mao. Are you guys as atheists responsible for those deaths because of something that Karl Marx wrote? Well, no, of course not, Chris, but in the same oh, way. But we're gonna, not going to apply the same thing to the scripture that you just no. applied to Karl Marx. So it's no. a double standard. Okay, no, guys, hang on. I... I, I 
I mean, if you want to keep it going, fine, but I'm, I'm going to have to run, but I'll just say this last thing, and then you can tell me if someone wants to keep this going. But, okay, look, worst case scenario, yeah, the church, overwhelmingly, the Catholic church, but still, the Christian church, people, the powers that be, the powers that give orders or whatever, have done terrible, terrible things using Christianity. It's very, very hard, to Michael's point, when he said, well, it's the people that wrote the words down. The words people wrote down were things like, Jesus says, Go tell people your message, and if they don't want to convert, if they don't want to hear it, shake the dust from their feet, from your feet, and leave them alone. Go tell someone else. That's what he says. Nonetheless, people have turned passages like that uh, into, well, we must murder you and torture you to save your soul. Don't do that. That's direct conflict, direct confliction with shake the dust from your feet and leave them alone. Um, Anyway, so you, you have a couple of things. One, the people ordering the and participating in these mass atrocities. They are absolutely servants of Jesus Christ. They truly believe he is their Lord and Savior. They are redeemed, and uh, they uh, are saved, and they are misguided, and they are tuning out the Holy Spirit just enough to not follow their conviction to not murder people, but not so much as to be a reprobate and never saved. Um, so they are they are like the worst example of someone who could s- call themselves a true believer in Christ, and they may be in heaven. Um, because uh, So that's one example. The other one is someone who is in the position of power, maybe like the Borgia Pope, for example. You know, he's not the only case. They are an atheist. Uh, they don't believe in a God. They saw an opportunity from when they were a young altar boy. Their parents made them go to church or something. And, you know, while anyway, so they grew up thinking, I don't believe in a God, but I see a power structure. I see a career path. So they're an atheist leading the, the Catholic Church um, very high up or any other denomination, you know, persecuting people for God, quote, for God. Um, so they have no moral qualms about using religion for control and power and murder because uh, they don't even believe in a God. Um, then there would be people who um, say they're Christians, um, and, and at one time they were professing Christian, um, they, they, but they are clearly not because their actions get betray them. By the fruits of the Spirit, they'll know them, you'll know them. So there are Christians that really believe they are actually doing God's work while they're doing direct things God says don't do. So that's kind of the run of the mill. As for everyone's heart individually, only God knows, but you can be sure Throughout history, it repeats itself. There is a very fair mix of all of those things. People who are Christians and are very close to the line because they're doing bad crap, but not so close as to not be a true Christian. There are Christians who believe they're Christians, but they're really not doing atrocities in the name of God. And then there are complete atheists doing things in the name of Christianity as a high position in the church um, for whatever reason other than believing in a God because they don't. Is that fair to say? Does anyone want to keep this going? Because I'm going to have to run.